You want to have your headphones on? Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. I put my headphones on. Yes, sir. Thank that'll you. Cut down, that'll cut down some of the noise behind you. Yeah, I got you. Hey, it's Marcus, and welcome back to On The Wire. We caught up with a past participant of Fred Finch's yep. residential treatment program, Jordan, thank at his you. group home in San Diego. Dude, no, thank you for doing this. I really it's appreciate awesome. it. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Jordan came into the program at Fred Finch when he was about 14. Tell me a little bit about you. My life? Uh, yes. Um, I grew up, uh, I was born in Iowa City, Iowa. I, I was born with cerebral palsy and electrical issues. And um, my birth mom gave me up for adoption because she can't take care of me because of the medical bills I needed to get done for my cerebral palsy. And so, um, and then we, from from, um, from Iowa, we went to San Diego because my dad was in, my adopted dad, Stephen, was in, the, was in the military. It was the best situation for me to move with him because he would give me the best medical support I needed to, to get the help I needed for myself and for my medical bills and all that. It was amazing because if it wasn't for if it wasn't for those people, I, w- I probably wouldn't get the medical I needed for my cerebral palsy. I had so many surgeries and so many, um, so many, so many like doctors seeing me when growing up and all that. So it's been, it was a blessing to me, you know, it was a blessing. As Jordan grew into a teenager, things started to change at home. It's common for kids who have a dual diagnosis to start acting out. And as we'll hear later on, the acting out is actually based on the inability to effectively communicate their feelings and needs. That leads to frustration, and the frustration often turns violent. I had a lot of issues with with um, uh, my my adopted family. Uh, I, I was very I was very very frustrated. I was very um, I was very like like impatient. I was very upset about a lot of things. Like because I just we weren't getting along with each other, especially my mom. For Jordan, it was his adopted mom that became the target of his frustration. It was like a very, it got very to a point where it got very violent and um, it, it made me feel frustrated. And so it was, I was in mental hospitals, um, 5150s for, for like three weeks at a time. It would be after one of those incidents, one that landed him in the hospital, a 5150 as Jordan tells us, when he would meet Bruce Wexler from Fred Finch. If you recall from a few years ago, I can be quite the storyteller, so... Well, I guess you can just edit out. That's Bruce Wexler. Yes, I'm Bruce Wexler. Bruce runs the residential treatment programs for Fred Finch in San Diego. I'm Senior Director of Dual Diagnosis Services at Fred Finch Youth and Family Services. And for those who do not know what that means, we asked him to explain. When I mentioned Dual Diagnosis Services, that's a specialization with young people who have both a developmental disability and mental health challenges. Uh, within that array of services, uh, we offer uh, a variety of programs, uh, including a residential treatment center where young people come to us on average about a year to a year and a half, and they're in need of out-of-home care in our treatment center, typically because of overwhelming challenges while living at home. According to Bruce, many of these kids have very complex conditions. In addition to their intellectual disability or being on the autism spectrum, they come with various neurological conditions, learning disabilities that pose extreme challenges for them and their caregivers. And typically, these kids come to Fred Finch because their needs simply exceed a family's capacity. So there's a mismatch between the environment and their needs. And when that occurs, um, 
typically you're faced with some pretty dysfunctional, dangerous behaviors. Uh, keeping in mind that these, uh, these are children who can't communicate their needs effectively due to their disability. So we do treat kids with psychotic disorders, major mood disorders, in other words, depression or anxiety. We have kids that uh, have bipolar disorders. They suffer from times of intense uh, mania and all of the uh, disruptive behaviors and belief systems that come when someone is struggling with mania, uh, cycling back to very serious depression. We're not talking about a teenager who needs to go talk to a counselor because they need to you know, deal with their adjustment to independence and they're getting into disagreements with their families. We're talking about kids who are breaking walls, windows, who are beating up their caregivers, uh, who are running off without safety skills, risking getting hit by cars in traffic, kids without the judgment because, again, the majority have intellectual disabilities. When Bruce met Jordan for the first time, it was after an episode that landed him in the hospital. And for Bruce, Jordan was exactly the kind of kid that would most benefit from the Fred Finch Residential Program, a program designed to help children deal with their frustration, learn to communicate their feelings constructively, and live in an environment designed specifically to help kids like him succeed. A typical scenario is, um, you know, a family's just really been trying the best they can. Sometimes with supports, that's the other thing, you know, our educational system, other child-serving systems. Don't do a wonderful job identifying these kids, screening them, and getting them into the appropriate supports early on. Uh, we see kids that are 16 years old and were diagnosed with autism three years ago. 12 years of lost time and insufficient or inaccurate attempts at helping. So you have these scenarios that have gone on for a long time with lots of treatment failure or lack of treatment, which leads to very challenging and oftentimes very dangerous situations for families. So they're acting out their needs as opposed to sitting down and saying, you know, I'm really angry today because you said this to me yesterday. Oh, said I might break all the windows in the house and throw the television across the living room. And these are real examples. The children that Fred Finch typically see come from traditional families or even from the foster care system. But despite the challenges facing these kids and their families, Bruce says the goal and the mission of the Fred Finch program is the same. Help children develop behaviors and coping skills so they can go home. Our ultimate goal is to get these kids out of the Fred Finch Youth Center. You know, philosophically, we don't believe kids belong here any longer than they need to be here to be stabilized, safe enough, and have enough new skills on board. And by the way, I'm not talking about just the child, even though I have uh, spoken in those terms. It's a lot of work with the family as to educating them about the needs based on the disabilities that their children have and how to best meet those needs. And it's with the family counseling in mind that we come to the second part of today's show. How do you help kids and their families during a pandemic when so much of what you do is, well, hands-on? To get a feel for that, we spoke with Mayor Smith at the Oakland campus of Fred Finch. Okay, so my name is Mayor Smith and um, I am Senior Director of Specialized Residential Services at um, Fred Finch Youth and Family Services in Oakland in NorCal. And I have been at the agency for half my adult life, literally 30 years. Mayor oversees two residential programs, 
one long-term for kids who are duly diagnosed with uh, mental health issues and developmental disabilities or autism. And one is a short-term crisis residential program and stabilization program for kids who are primarily on the autism spectrum. Sometimes they're duly diagnosed, but they're primarily autistic. And I have a non-public school that's attached to the long-term program. And most of the kids, not all, but most of the kids in the long-term residential program go to school there. And we serve kids from the community who aren't making it in public school, who are also are either autistic or duly diagnosed. We caught up with Mariner Office on a rare moment of downtime. We wanted to know how the pandemic was affecting the residential treatment program she oversees. It's really hard. And, and, and we um, feel like that's a lot of what I have had to do the last year is revise, make protocols and revise them and make them again and revise them because everything's constantly changing. We are in person, at least for our work directly with the kids. Unlike her counterparts at Fred Finch, Mara's staff has to come to work every single day. There is simply no way around it. My staff didn't have, um, they didn't have the opportunity of going to telehealth and, and working from home. They had to come to work every day. And, and um, incredibly, incredibly, with very few exceptions, they did. And I didn't have people call off sick. I didn't have a, a big revolt about, wow, everybody else in the agency gets to work from home and I don't. They came in because they really are committed to the kids and they care about them. But work at the Oakland campus has been anything but normal, she says. Mask wearing, washing hands a lot, temperature screening has become the new norm. But some of the safety protocols have made it more difficult for residents to make progress. The other thing that's been really difficult is the kids haven't been able to go home. And um, that's a part of treatment because they go home on home passes and they practice at home what we're doing in the program. And they make mistakes, but then they come back and we have family therapy and we talk about, wow, you went home and this fell apart, what happened? Because of COVID and the risk to kids going home, catching it in the community and bringing it back to a congregate setting where they're going to be um, possibly contagious for a whole group of people, we haven't been allowed to do that. So most of our visits are on campus, outside. Again, everyone has to wear masks. They can't touch, they can't hug. It's really hard. Can you imagine you can't hug your son, right? And that has been really hard. And then I have these kids who are who are autistic and touch is a really important thing in terms of regulation, self-regulating and, 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 and sensory needs. And we have to say, no, you can't do that. Our families have been mostly cooperative. I think they're grateful that we were still serving and taking care. So they've been mostly cooperative. For many of the kids, going home from the program is the goal. Just seeing other kids leave the program is part of the therapy. But during the pandemic, homecomings have been delayed. We're trying to really think outside the box because the kids need to get home. Their goals, most of them, the goal is to go home. And COVID has made them be in program a lot longer than they should be. And, you know, you reach a certain point with them where they hit what's called diminishing returns. They're here too long and they start to lose the gains that they've made. So we're getting really creative with how we're going to approach home visits going forward because we really feel like we have to give the kids some hope. And this pandemic isn't going away. Nor is the need for the programs. Mayor says that the pandemic has actually increased the need for the services being offered at Fred Finch. Kids aren't in school. Um, kids aren't in their normal routine. So we're seeing an increase in and referrals to both programs because kids are blowing up a lot more because their normal routines are so disjointed and, and disrupted. And 
especially the routine of going to school. Remote learning doesn't work for kids who have autism or kids who have ADHD or kids who have mental health. It's very difficult for this population to, to, to attune to a computer screen and try to do and And then you have parents who are trying to work and take care of the disabled child and do their their um, remote learning needs. And it just, it, it, there's lots of stressors for families. For Mayor and Bruce, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Vaccinations are rolling out, not just across the state, but on the campus too. Mayor said that most of her staff have been given the vaccine, which adds a level of protection and also paves a road to getting back to normal. In the meantime, however, the programs will continue working with children and their families to provide the care and support they need to get better and be better. As with Jordan, the program works. 99% of the time, it's like I said to start this interview, um, why I go back and why I've stayed for as long as I have, because, because the program works. Kids get better and families get better. And they don't come back. We've had in 23 years, three people come back and need to be served again. That's pretty darn good, I think, um, in, in, in terms of recidivism. Jordan does go back, only this time as a volunteer. I've been doing it for a long, long time, and I love it. I love helping kids and helping those kids that, that want to grow up and have a better life and having better situations in their, in their life. And it is a great experience, you know. It is great. So Jordan, when you're there volunteering, do you sometimes see your past self? Yes. Some of the people that are coming through that are brand new? Yes. I just tell them it's going to be okay. It's going to be, it's going to, your life is just going to get better and better. Everything that you do, you know, it's your choices and it's your situations. But at the end of the day, it's on you. It's like, like what you want to do in life. It really is a blessing working with them. It just makes me feel good about my life. It makes me it makes me motivated even more to go back every time to help them out. To learn more about our residential programs, check us out online at www.fredfinch.org. That's www.fredfinch.org. This has been On The Wire with Fred Finch. I'm your host, Marcus Young. Our show is produced by Sarah Krupp and Julie Henderson. Sound design and engineering is artfully done by Paul Abasian at Montra House Studios. <laughs>